Yelling at Clouds podcast with Shakes and Blaze. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Yelling at Clouds podcast, a show dedicated to unpopular opinions. I'm Shakes, with me is Blaze Chambers, and in this show we're two guys discussing and dissecting our personal unpopular opinions, our spiciest hot takes, our controversial opinions on a variety of topics, and all things in between. Blaze, my dude, how's it going? I'm great, Shakes. I'm uh, pretty darn excited to be here in our inaugural first podcast at yelling at clouds i'm uh, super excited to be a grumpy old guy and share my thoughts <laughs> with the rest of the listeners here today but not too grumpy not too grumpy i don't want to turn my listeners away in the first podcast yeah. but really shakes and i are going to be here sharing some opinions of things that come up throughout the week and we just want to you know share it see what you think see if you agree see you disagree and if you do great if you don't even better Absolutely. Yeah. So like you said, this is our first episode, our pilot episode, if you will, of this podcast. And and just a bit of background for any listeners out there before we get too carried away. Blaze, you and I have known each other for a few years and we've wanted to do a podcast for a while now. And we're finally doing this and I'm super pumped for this journey of letting some of our unpopular opinions loose into the wild and, and really just having the conversation and opening up the dialogue. Um, and as we peel back some of the layers on these opinions, what sort of things will we uncover? Well, we discover that some opinions aren't as unpopular as we might think, what sort of stigmas are attached to these opinions, as well I'm sure there'll be opinions that Blaze, you and I agree on, but probably ones where our opinions couldn't be further apart. And to me, there's going to be a lot of fun in and around those spaces, so I'm uh, look, really looking forward to that. So, Blaze, any initial thoughts to share as we start the journey down this dark and lonely road? Uh, I think one... One point I want to make definitely would be, you know, this podcast is for the interaction between Shakes and I, but at, at a later date, we, we can definitely see and we plan on interacting with our listeners and really getting down to sharing some of our listeners' unpopular opinions and having those discussed in this podcast and maybe even bring on some of our listeners to this podcast to share those directly with us and broadly with the listeners of this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a good point. The show isn't just about us. We want to hear from any listeners out there. And like you said, potentially in the future, maybe bring bring some on live and see where that goes. But, um, you know, what do you think? Like, as our listeners, do you agree with our opinions? Are we completely out to lunch? Let us know. Um, Blaze, how can our listeners reach us? Yeah, right now, the best way to get a hold of Shakes and I is through our uh, email. And our email address is yell at cloud, yelling at clouds 2021 at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. So with that said, let's let's jump in. The the format of the show for um for the period of time for in the meantime will will be two opinions per show. So one from Blaze and one from myself. Uh so Blaze, why don't you kick this thing off in style and give us the inaugural unpopular opinion for this podcast? Absolutely. Here's my first one I, I want to share with the listeners. And this came up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, at the dinner table uh, at my house. We love our pizza and we love eating pizza in this house. A lot of times because of the pandemic now, we can't eat pizza at our favorite uh, uh, restaurant. So a lot of the times we take home. And one of the debates that came up around the dinner table that night was how should we eat our pizza? Should we just pick it up like we usually do? Or like with your hands? We, with my hands, yeah. yeah. 
or do we eat pizza typically at a restaurant i always eat my pizza putting it on my plate when it comes in the big you know obviously in the big uh, pizza pan in, in the middle of the table i usually uh take a slice of pizza put it on my plate and i actually use utensils a fork and a knife to eat my pizza a lot of people including around my table that night thought i was kind of crazy and bringing it up pizza should be eaten with a fork and knife. And that's the unpopular opinion. I, I feel for me, we've gotten, especially maybe where we are in North America, pizza has become such a fast food item that every time we buy a pizza, either an entire pizza or a slice of pizza, we automatically turn into a, a, a meal that we pick up and eat. I actually think pizza should be eaten like a, a more sophisticated meal and it should be on a plate using utensils, a fork and a knife. So despite what anybody says, a pizza should be eaten with a fork and knife. And reason why I, 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 I support this opinion is if you look back at where pizza originated, it originated, of, of course, in Italy. And when pizza is eating in, eaten in Italy, it comes out of those wood-burning stone ovens, piping hot, super hot hot pizzas okay and you can't pick that up when it comes out of those piping hot ovens with your hands so what do you do you enjoy your pizza when it's piping hot and the only way to eat it is with a fork and knife and that's how it should be eaten and somewhere along the way i think with the call it you know the the invention of pizza and turning into a fast food and you have you know people taking pizza eating pizza cold taking you know take out pizza delivery pizza eating pizza cold i love eating pizza cold and maybe that's the only time i would actually eat it like a fast food and use my hand and maybe fold the pizza in some cases the pizza size is huge and eat my eat eat it that way but most of the times when my pizza is fresh i like to eat my pizza with a fork and knife what's your thoughts on that jake <sighs> Yeah, this is a really interesting uh, conversation. It's funny, I had this same conversation with a friend not too long ago. And uh, so let me ask you a question, Blaze. So if you're if you're ordering a pizza at home, do you eat it with your hands or do you eat it with flatware? You know what? I, I At home, I eat it with flatware now because everybody else at home is eating with flat, you know, uh, um, flatware. Okay. Right. So what, if so, you're, so what if you're at a so, party and someone orders pizza? What do you do then? I, I don't. I, I usually eat it with my hands. Sure. Okay. And 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 it, it it all depends. What it's funny. Let me just rephrase that. It, it all depends on the type of pizza that I I I order because if the pizza is typically very simple, like a pizza margarita, where there's not not a whole lot of toppings, pizza is fairly light. Mm -hmm. I have no problems eating with my hands. But as you know, the only way pizza joints are separating themselves from another pizza joint is the pounds and pounds of toppings that usually come with the layers and layers of cheese that's typically on a pizza. You can't even pick up a pizza without half of the toppings sliding off your pie and mm -hmm. onto the plate. And, and that's another reason why typically I like to use a fork and a knife and, right. and, and be able to do it to, to be able to, you know, eat the pizza without having it one, losing my toppings and two, having my toppings land on my lap. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm right. hearing you say is there, there's, and you've kind of touched on a number of things where it's really situation dependent. So uh, absolutely, you've mentioned pizza temperature, type of pizza, amount of toppings, and where you're at. So there's right. kind of four main factors the way I, I'm kind of hearing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and the thing, we'll, we'll save this for another topic, but I, I feel the best types of pizzas 
are the pizzas with the least amount and the lightest amount of toppings on the pizza. I find out living in North America, the pizzas have gone heavier and thicker <laughs> by slice. Right. And hence, again, much harder to eat using your hands today. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, yeah. And, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of yeah. pizza-related conversation we can dive into for sure. But sticking yeah. to this topic, so here's where, I'm, where I am on this one. So... I think I agree with you that using a knife and a fork to eat a pizza is is a more refined. First of all, I think I think the benefit of it is that it actually slows down the process of eating. It actually forces you to focus on the pizza, so each bite is more deliberate rather than just folding it and shoving it into your food hole. Um, I do like a fork and knife, actually. I think, but like we talked about, I think it's situation dependent. Like if I order a pizza at home, hands prevail. Same with if I'm at a party. But I think to your point, if you're eating pizza in a sit-down restaurant, I think you have to use flour. Do you agree? I I absolutely agree. And I, and I think, <clears throat> it, I think there's maybe, a social etiquette here. I, I, absolutely. But even the home, the, even the home thing is becoming a little bit so my immediate house here we can probably skip flatware and and go with hands here Mm -hmm. okay but imagine you head to a friend's house for sunday night football or the super bowl and there's 20 people there and five pizzas okay just i'm just using some numbers the other 19 people you don't know where the hell their hands is your hands have been i really another thing i I, it's a pet peeve of mine too is is we like to as much as possible in a public setting when we have more than our typical family members like my immediate family members eating a pizza i actually like to serve my pizza with a pizza server sure i don't want I, i don't want because you know what the hardest part about eating a pizza and that's the reason why again in a setting i don't you know your hands especially now with pandemic eating again you're always having conscious you have to think about sanitizing and washing all the time sometimes you forget again that's another reason why eating a fork and knife makes sense so back to the whole public piece and, and serving it what typically is the hardest uh thing when you pop open a a fresh pizza all the slices are intact the first slice is the hardest to, is the hardest to take out of the pizza right typically yeah. you, you typically have to grab the piece you want to take and then grab the other piece that the, the pizza is connected to and break that piece off. Essentially, you're touching two pieces of pizza. <laughs> right. I'm going to yeah. save that. I'm going to save that for another another discussion. But again, in a public setting with more than just your immediate family members, another good reason why you should be using a fork and knife and using a a pizza uh, server to serve your pizza and not reach mm-hmm. your grubby hands into the pizza box and grab the slice of pizza out. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Although I do think if you're at a party, you don't necessarily want to be that guy who's like, hey, everyone, wait a minute. Don't be touching two pieces of pizza with your bare hands. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. You don't, you don't, but you, you don't, you absolutely don't. But strategically, I usually, I usually try to take a slice that's not that slice attack that's been, you know, is, is basically adjacent to the slice that's been removed. <laughs> I know it's always really anal. I, I saw the listeners is probably thinking Blaze is one fucking anal dude. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. But it's subconsciously, especially now, you don't know where the guy's hands been. He just could have just scratched his crotch, and now he's reaching in for the pizza. Yeah, that right? that is true. So, yeah, that's true. But go, just going back to the restaurant part for a while, like we. You know, I think I think in restaurants you have to use a knife and fork. I'm pretty firm absolutely. on that. Like uh, absolutely, 
I think yeah. it's a social etiquette thing. Like, and I don't, I'm not sure I want to observe total strangers shoving food into their mouths with their hands in a restaurant. That to oh. me, that seems really, that would be really odd. So have you, have you been, have you been out in an outing in a restaurant with a, with your friends in a, in a larger group, in a large group setting? And there's a number of you sharing multiple pizzas. Typically does everyone at that table think back, do mm -hmm. they use a fork and knife? That's a really good question. I honestly can't. It's been such a long time since I've been in a group setting. First of all, eating with with a in a group, and not only that, but eating pizza in a group that I honestly can't re remember. Can you remember a situation yes, where I have? So I went to I went to a pizza joint, um, and I can use this location because it's it's fine. I went to a, a pizza joint in 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 Minnesota. Okay, mm -hmm. out by uh, out by Superior area in Minnesota. And we were at a you know a local pizza joint, pretty pretty decent pizza place, okay. And I was with a group of uh, colleagues, colleagues. I'd say eight or ten colleagues, okay. And we ordered like six different pizzas. I was yeah. the only one that used a fork and knife. Wow, it was really how strange. many people were there? About uh, about ten of us, probably eight or ten of okay. us. Just yeah. kind of wondering what kind of sample size we were we're dealing with here. Eight, eight to ten. I was the only one as you. That's interesting. Out of but, eight to ten people, you're the only one using flatware. Yeah, and and these pizzas, no, no, like these pizzas are big slices. I'm not talking about mm. you know thin crust, light topping pizzas. It was a, each slice probably had yeah. a good solid pound, pound and a half of pizza on it. Right. So going back to what we were talking about, about a, like amount of toppings type of pizza, I think there's certain cases where you have to use a knife or fork. Um, and that sounds like one of those situations. I just, I don't know if I want to see eight other people shoving food in their mouth with their hands in a restaurant. It, it is odd. It is, yeah. it is odd. And, and, and in a restaurant, in, in a restaurant, I'm not, okay, so I don't call fast food, you know, and, I, and then maybe here's another, another argument of mine to support the reason why you should do this is I also in a restaurant setting and usually when I'm ordering a gourmet burger, okay, I typically, depending on the burger, sometimes I would actually use a fork and a knife. Maybe not as much as I would in a restaurant setting for pizzas, but 50% of the time, depending on the size of the burger and what restaurant I'm in, I'm in I would actually even use a fork. I know it sounds really crazy. I've actually used a fork and knife on, on a burger once. <laughs> That one is borderline <laughs> a little interesting. I could see cutting it in half. But this I've is, this is yeah. interesting because we're now we're talking about like acceptable hand foods. Yes. So this is an interesting conversation. Like, but, yeah, so anyways. just going back to pizza for a second, I think in some cases, if we agree, there's that it's acceptable to eat a pizza with your hands, like in a New York City grab and go eat on the run type situation. We can agree with that. Absolutely, we can agree with that. Yeah. A, a pizza that's been a pizza off of a food truck that I'm buying by the slice, and I'm on the run, and it's mm -hmm. in one of those, call it heating, revolving heating lamp <laughs> things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask, I wouldn't ask the gentleman, hey, can you, you know, can you give me a plastic fork and knife to eat this thing? Because typically, no. you wouldn't be able to even cut that piece of, you, you wouldn't be able to cut that pizza because they give it into, they give you the pizza slice in that mm -hmm. thin, flimsy plate. That's already soaking up all the grease from the pizza. You can't even cut that pizza if you wanted to, right? That's right. Typically, in yeah. those circumstances, I would just fold the pizza in half and I would eat it like I I would be eating a taco. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Fold and go. 
right? go. Yeah, I yeah. think if you asked for a fork and knife in that situation, that might be grounds to get banned for life from, oh, that, absolutely. from that food truck. So uh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, hands have been an acceptable pizza delivery mechanism since forever. I'm not about to stop anyone from doing so, but but in a restaurant, I definitely agree. Fork and knife is is a must. Absolutely, fork yeah. and knife is a must. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good unpopular opinion, Blaze. No, thanks, Jake. I, I, yeah, I definitely want to hear from our listeners. I, I want to hear from a pizza enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? And what do you think? And, and not just a pizza enthusiast. I want to hear from someone who makes pizza for a living. How do you want your art to be eaten? With a fork and knife, like a civilized human being, or with your hands like a <laughs> barbarian? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll leave it at I'll I'll left it I'll leave it at that. Shakes. Yeah, let us know what you think, listeners. All right, are we ready to move on to my unpopular opinion for the for the oh, week? Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about it. Okay, here's mine. The experience of live music is overrated. That's my unpopular opinion. Ooh. When I say live music experience, so what I'm really referring to are stadium shows and any large venue concerts. But I'm also prepared to go out on a limb here and include smaller venue shows into this conversation. So what do I mean when I say the experience is overrated? As someone who's been to a ton of shows in my life, I think I've probably been to over 60 or 70 shows. Um Somewhere along the way, my overall experience of attending shows seemed to diminish with each show. I would leave a show thinking, like, just wanting more or or worse, thinking, like, oh, that was just not an ideal experience. Um, the experience just no longer awaited all of the, the shit that I had to tolerate. And I think I reached a personal threshold where the experience was just not a, like it was no longer a net positive for me. So that's my unpopular opinion. I, and I've got a lot more to get into, but I'll turn it over to you, uh, Blaze. Right. For your... That's, that's a, that's a pretty heavy one there. I got a few questions maybe to help myself and the listeners just clarify mm-hmm. the word experience and, and what experience means to you. Are you looking sure. for the full package when you go to a live event? So mm-hmm. the stage setup, the set that's being played, the, I don't know, the, even the costumes. I don't, I don't know what kind of shows you're, you're, you're going to, but, and, and is it the sound quality of the, of the venue? Like what mm-hmm. is the experience? Or is it the whole package of all of that combining together to kind of form the call it live event going uh, experience that you're looking for? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I mean, when I talk about the experience to me, it's, like thinking specifically about like what are the shitty parts that have diminished my experience like over time and i think first like so to your point the the sound quality anyone who claims that stadium sound quality is good is flat out lying to themselves like it's atrocious the the sound quality of most concerts is horrible um so that's the first thing like second uh there are too many people and which means too many lineups like to get in going to the washroom, birch tables. Um, sometimes, depending on where you are in the venue, you can't even see the band, which is really is one of the, the big points of, of even going, I think. Um, you know, the shows are expensive and getting even more expensive, it seems. Uh, the feeling of standing next to someone can be 
just really hot and uncomfortable. The shouting, the screaming, the smell of, of weed and cigarettes. Um, you know, to me, concerts are just an overall sensory nightmare, I think is the best way of saying it. That, that is really interesting. That is really interesting because, I, again, I, I haven't been to the same, even close to the same number of live um, shows as you have, Shakes. But I have to admit, and I think you and I have talked about, and and in, in, you know, not in this, you know, in particular talking about this unpopular opinion, but you know, talking about some of the shows that we've been to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be absolutely honest. I feel the bigger the show that I've been to the more disappointed I've been. Like maybe 100%. that goes maybe that goes with the expectation of the band or the artist that's coming to perform and the the enormous expectations that I put on the experience when I drop some serious coin for the tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And going in and it, it's like going to, it's like going to a movie that's been hyped up and then you're absolutely completely disappointed because they're so hyped and you have this expectation getting into into the into the show and then you come on like what that was it mm-hmm. i feel completely ripped off from from you know from that you know from that expectation or from what i had as an expectation for that show so i i get that i've had my fair share but that being said i've also had my fair share of unbelievable experiences from certain shows that i just to this date still talk about Man, that was fantastic. That was mm-hmm. such a great show. It was simple. It wasn't wasn't overdone. The sound was great. It just everything worked well. The artist didn't need to try to oversell a number of tickets to fill a completely large space that maybe they, you know, had the confidence to fill or not fill. I, you know, in, with the venue, I don't know, but I, I feel the 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 you know, like I said, the bigger the the concert, the more disappointed that I've been. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the ones that have left major uh, memories for me have been the smaller concerts, live venues that I've been to. That I walked in there and it's like, wow, that was really great. People were great. People responded well to the experience, and everybody generally just had a great time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. so. So I've had my fair share, but I have to yeah. agree. I've been to certain real big name concerts and live venues, and I'm and I could not believe I waited that long to come see this particular artist come to my city, and finally they're here. And I now not sure I lo- you know in some circumstances ask myself, do I still enjoy th- this? artist's music mm-hmm. because of the live venue uh, experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because I think, you know, I'm no longer a spring chicken. I'm, I'm, I could admit that, you know, I'm getting older and you get older, your priorities change and your motivations change. And most of the time I, I would, I think I would rather just sit at home and, and put the record on. Um, so I could see this unpopular opinion just being slapped with an angry old man sticker. And I'm fine with that. You know, right. Um, but what's interesting about this unpopular opinion is that I've actually held this for a really long time, like going back to my concert going prime. And I've, I've been to a ton of shows. I've been to some excellent shows in smaller venues. Uh, one example is I saw a band uh, called The War on Drugs back in 2014 uh, in Vancouver. And that show took place in a, a like a repurposed uh, theater. And it, it was uh, it was such an excellent show. Um, but to your point, uh, Blaze, like, you know, the, the bigger the concert and the bigger the venue, it seems the 
it's a directly proportional relationship to the potential disappointment. And, you know, and I think it needs to be said, like sharing this opinion during a pandemic might seem a bit out of place. You know, I'm literally complaining about something that hasn't happened in a while. Um, but to me, it almost seems like this conversation is relevant because like as the pandemic seems to be coming to an end, you start right. to see this news about like Coachella dates being announced and folks are getting really excited at the prospect of live music. And I'm kind of like, you can have it. Um, you know, there was this article published by The Atlantic back in 2011, um, so 10 years ago, and the article was titled concerts i'll pass and it was written by this guy derek thompson and he talks about all the same things about how the entire concert going experience is overrated and i remember finding this article and thinking wow like someone shares the same opinion as i do and as you and i blaze go down this journey of unpopular opinions it's interesting to talk about like the stigmas around them because i, I truly felt like there was a stigma around this opinion that but finding this article to me was this big um, sort of like before and after a point where I was like, wow, someone out there feels the same way I do. And the internet has really opened the doors to finding people that really share those those opinions that you may have not wanted to share, you know, in the past. It, it, it's, in, it's interesting because to, to today, I'm way more selective of who I would want and consider to go and watch live uh, at my age now, and, mm -hmm. and I'm not, you know, again, I'm not a boomer or, or anything, but I'm I'm at this stage in my life where I'm very, very selective of my live venue experience, regardless mm -hmm. of concerts, and and this is the same for me with professional sports as well. And the things that you mentioned before that turns you off about a live venue experience i think all those things exist in any type of live venue experience regardless if it's a concert mm -hmm. or a professional sports team uh, but i think people when they typically go and watch or want to experience these live venue experiences sometimes i wonder if they forgo knowing the fact that the experience in the back of their mind is more than the bad quality sound or the lack of vantage point of seeing the artist at all. In some cases, you might be completely blocked out and you can't see the artist, mm -hmm. but it's surrounding yourself, knowing the fact that you're sharing a spot in time with, you know, I'm just going to make up a number here, 15,000 other people mm -hmm. who share the same opinion that you have of this person that's on this stage at this moment in time playing this song. Right. right. And I think a lot of people in their mind, that's the experience being mm -hmm. there and seeing other people either right or wrong maybe you know maybe back in the they don't i don't know if they do this anymore but uh you know obviously people holding up holding up cell phones and you know instead of cigarette lighters like they did back in the 80s you know right so that to me describes experience i think people can forgive and forgo maybe the artist not having the studio magic to be able to sing sure. for two hours or the shitty sound system that's being, you know, being used to belch out the music. I think that's that. I think that's the. I yeah. think that's the trade-off. I think the trade-off is people being out in the open air at Coachella and just, you know, close in proximity to one another, feeling the music that's being played and being yep. there with other people who's also enjoying the experience. I think that's the experience that I think people are paying for. 
nowadays. Yeah, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think the 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 folks like you and I who really want to hear the artists like we heard it on the record. That is, I, I think that is long gone. I think that experience is is kind of gone. Yeah, when I say I'd rather put on the the album at home, that's not to say that I want that experience replicated of like hearing what's on the record. I I, I do enjoy hearing like a, an artist in different interpretation in a live setting, but I, I was just talking about it in terms of like all of this shit that I'm putting up with going into a live music experience. I would rather forsake all of that and just oh, absolutely. put the record on. Absolutely. Um, but going back to your point about like that communal experience. Like I won't deny that that communal experience of music can be rewarding. Um, you know, that feeling of sharing a love of music with other people, like what you were saying, like 15,000, 20,000 other people who are into the same music. That's a very yes. powerful thing. That's like, absolutely it's primal and tribal. And like I've played in bands and even the feeling of when you're, you're in total like rhythmic lockstep with three or four other musicians, it's something amazing that's really hard to describe. And, you know, being in a room or in a, in a venue with 20,000 other people enjoying music is, I mean, yeah, there's something indescribable about that. Right. Um, the flip side of that though, is that I think what, sometimes gets lost in this conversation is that music can be a very personal experience. Like what is your own connection to something? Absolutely. And, and sometimes you don't need, or I've felt that I've never needed that communal experience, but as a music fan, I've always felt like there was this notion, like this perception that you weren't a true music fan unless you were into live music, like going to a show or a concert yes. or a festival. Like yes. it was almost like a badge of honor. Like if your band was coming through town, you had to see them. And if I, you weren't, like what's wrong with you? I Did you know, it's funny you bring that up. I feel like I've been actually shamed as a fan of Coldplay. Because <laughs> everyone, liking Coldplay or not going no, to their shows? Not going to their shows. <laughs> not going to their shows. I still love Coldplay. You know, if Chris Martin is listening to this, I still love Coldplay. Um, and it's funny because they've come to our city numerous times from the day mm -hmm. and nobody knew who these guys were to now, you know, being one of the biggest bands in the world. I've never actually been to one of their live shows and people, and I, and I tell this to everyone because people know how, how, how much I like them. And they always look at me and say, like, what you haven't been to any of the live shows. I'm like, yeah, it, it's, I, I worry like to my earlier point, I worry because I've been disappointed so many times with big shows that I'm worried when I, I go to the show and, and experience it, I may come back being totally disappointed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I've been kind of shamed by, by folks who, who think I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a poser and not really a, a big true Coldplay pan because mm -hmm. again, I'm not wearing the badge on. I didn't go to every single show. Right. I wasn't there in the beginning before they were big, you know, it's stuff like that. I didn't buy the tour shirts that they've got. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but that defeats the whole point. Like I, I don't you know, to me being a fan of a particular artist doesn't mean I have to go to the live venue to experience it. Right. 
But right. yeah, and, and that's the whole unpopular part of this opinion is that is that general perception that you're not a true fan unless you're going to see live music. And, and or dropping, what's wrong with you if you right. don't like live music? Right, right. Yeah. And dropping insane amount of money on those right. overly priced t-shirts that have the tour date and the tour cities on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Like I've yeah. always found those things goofy. And I agree with you. The merch lineups are long. The mm-hmm. merch is expensive. The beer is shitty and it's super expensive. Yeah. Lineups to everything. It's just the whole going, you know, the concert going experience becomes becomes, you know, thing that you have to plan for. And and a two hour show has become this stressful, you know, call it a four hour planning event because you gotta find parking. You gotta deal with, you know, leaving the stadium when 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 the concert's over. I remember mm-hmm. how long it took me to get back to the place that parked my car after the U2 concert that was here in the city. <laughs> yeah. I swear, I felt like it took me longer to get back to my car than the whole entire concert. Oh, probably did. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 45,000, 40,000 people <laughs> packed in the stadium. I'm like, yeah. am I ever going to be able to get home? But like, I might as well just camp out here for the next, yeah. you know, five hours. Yeah. Before, you know, <laughs> the crowds died down before going home. I totally right. get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, if we have some uh, 18 to 25 year old listeners, they're probably thinking these old men are just yelling at clouds. <laughs> I, I <laughs> you know? like you gotta I'm wonder if that, that, but but you gotta wonder if this is gonna change though, as as the the world continues to become more digital. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <It's all good. laughs> uh, anyway, okay. so. So as as the world changes, shakes, I think it's going to be interesting. In the future, we're going to get to a place where the 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 going experience can be delivered to you in the comforts of your home. I don't know. I would. I don't. I don't think so. Imagine if you could want to be with other people. But but imagine if you could, in like in a VR sort of setup, kind of thing, in a VR type of an or uh yeah vr or an augmented type of reality type of a system Mm -hmm. where you log in with a you pay for a ticket you get this special set of you know uh you know headgear vr ar headgear special types of headphones that you can get right you pay for a ticket and everybody goes into the venue at the same time and you're experiencing it right then and there. No lineups. You can come from your own home. You experience it as you're sitting there in the stadium, in the best seat in the house, watching your favorite band or artist play on stage. Yeah, that would be knows? that would yeah. Who knows? Yeah, maybe down the road that's something that that becomes I don't know a thing. But in the meantime, I think there's still that that piece, like to your point that it's the communal experience of people wanting to experience something as a, in a larger group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my inaugural unpopular opinion and Lord knows there's more of those. I'm an opinionated guy, maybe too opinionated at times. Well, I think these are two good warm up, uh, you know, unpopular opinions that we shared today. Uh, And we talked about it. We have got a list of really good ones here, but we didn't want to start out the first episode with a bang. We're going to warm up and, you know, get spicier and spicier as we go along here on Yelling at Clouds. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I actually had a, I had an ex-girlfriend uh, once say to me, she said, she said, you're the type of person who makes light of things that matter. And at the same time takes all the wrong things too seriously. So what she was basically saying is that like, I joke about things that are serious and then I sometimes lose my mind over the minutia of daily life. Uh, so basically I'm a character out of Seinfeld. And I took, I took that as a compliment. <laughs> that is a great compliment. You're giving you you basically you're giving away your identity to the to the to the listeners. They can yeah. figure out they can they can start to be able to figure out you know your yeah. age right away here by by these references. Absolutely, I don't mind. Like I said earlier, I'm an old man, and I uh, I'm fine with that. I've fully embraced my my old man lifestyle. So have I. So have I. I definitely feel it in the morning. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah. Oh, this has been fun. Thanks, Blaze. No, it's great, Shake. So yeah. listeners, you want to get a hold of Shakes and I, reach us at yelling at clouds 2021 at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the second episode. Remember, it gets spicier and spicier. Come back, tune in, listen. Yeah, sounds good. See you everyone next week. Sounds good. See you everyone. Nice.